Popcorn Heist is an interactive community of pop culture lovers that spans multiple mediums. We dive deep into TV shows and movies of the past, present, and future to bring you the hottest takes and the coldest truths. Do you have what it takes? Join the heist. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Popcorn Heist, the podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Nick. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Very excited to discuss uh, this most recent release with with you, Jake. Arguably the biggest release of the year. I mean, it's breaking records already, man. It was definitely the one we were most excited for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely won't win any Oscars or anything, but it should. That's... (laughs) That's a whole other, that could be a wine and rant in the future. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you joining us for the first time that uh, might not be familiar with Jake and I, might not be familiar with Popcorn Heist, uh, Popcorn Heist is a brand that Jake and I created to share movie and TV content uh, made by diehard fans for diehard fans. Uh, Popcorn Heist, the podcast is a show where we nerd out on specific franchises like Marvel, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, uh, Avatar, Spider-Man specifically for this one. Yep. Um, And... We release new episodes on Thursdays. On Thursdays, if you like an episode that you listen to, definitely give us a follow and review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you choose to listen. Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't also mention the other po- podcast on our network, A Sims Guide to the MCU, where the relationships, romances, and bromances of the Marvel Cinematic Universe are dis- discussed with our good friends Alyssa and Kelly. Uh, if you want more pop culture content like blo- blog posts, rankings, brackets, and trivia on Tuesdays, visit us at popcornheist.com and follow us. At Popcorn Heist on Instagram and Twitter. What Nick said. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the conversation today, uh, obviously, if you've heard our movie review episodes before, you know that we like to review uh, pop culture movies. And then we have a Popcorn Heist report card that gives you the brutal, cold, honest truth. A percentage out of 100, what we think of the movie. So. Before we do that, we have a guest on this episode. You may know his brother for running Trivia Tuesdays every Tuesday on our Instagram, the legend Tommy Fitzgerald. And now we have his brother, the legend Kevin Fitzgerald, on this episode. How you doing, How's man? it going, guys? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Looking forward of to course. discussing Spider-Man with you guys. Yep. Kevin is – me and Kevin are notorious. Tommy and Kevin are my cousins, and Kevin and I are notorious for kind of – Pulling each other aside at friendly parties and just discussing Marvel, and then everyone's like, oh, they're talking about their nerd stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, very excited to, to finally get Kevin on the podcast for a fitting a fitting topic. Um, we are all very excited to discuss Spider-Man. So, mm-hmm. Kevin, if you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into Marvel, uh, what Spider-Man means to you specifically, or anything like that. Um, well, Marvel movies, the whole MCU, it's by far my favorite franchise i guess um like i've seen every single movie multiple times i've seen them in the way they were released in movie theaters i've seen them they were released timeline wise um hands down my favorite movies spider-man specifically is my favorite superhero um so any spider-man whether it be the toby mcguire spider-man andrew garfield spider-man or tom holland one now um they're all my favorite so spider-man it has been forever my favorite. So reviewing this movie with you guys is going to be a good time for me. like to hear it, man. He's my favorite too. So we're in good company. There you go. There you go. Yeah. 
I mean, how could you not love him? I feel like right. He's one of the people. <laughs> he he's the people superhero for sure. Right, right. Yeah, and I know. I've, I feel like growing up, he's like one of the probably, if not the most popular kid superhero too. So mm. when you're growing mm-hmm. up, you relate to him. And right. someone once said this to me. He was actually uh, someone that Nick and I roomed with in college. Uh, and he said, Spider-Man is really cool because all of his villains are much cooler than him, but he still manages to beat them. Oh, wow, that's very true. That is very true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Nick, did you have anything to yeah, add? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I feel like I grew up with Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, uh, like I wasn't as into the movies. And then when, he, when Tom Holland came into the MCU, like I felt like I was comparing him to the other MCU, like when I thought of Spider-Man compared to the other other MCU heroes, I would think like Tom Holland. And uh, sometimes Tom Holland didn't always feel like a genuine like Spider-Man as compared to Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Like he was a great superhero. He was great for the MCU. I love I love him as an actor. But sometimes like it didn't feel like Spider-Man as we know him. And mm-hmm. I feel like this movie helped me get there a lot. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But um, he's uh, this movie definitely made me appreciate all the all the actors for Spider-Man and Spider-Man as a hero much more. Definitely yeah. agreed there. So before we get into our conversation, as you know, if you've listened to Popcorn Heist the podcast, Nick and I love to quote things to each other. It could be from a movie, from a TV show, from a random video, uh, or just we steal quotes and make quotes from our friends in real life sometimes, which is quite fun. <laughs> but Today we have a Spider-Man quote from No Way Home to start off this review, and it's actually from, let me just say, the most important villain in this movie, the Lizard. I mean, <laughs> God. I mean, call him King Croc. King Croc. <laughs> Literally, I said the same thing. I'm like, this guy looks just like King Croc. <laughs> Wrong universe. That's right, a, right. A Batman like, oh, villain. Multiverse, but not the right one. Okay. No. I, I switch between King Croc and Killer Croc. I can't decide which one I like more. Killer Croc is, <laughs> from, is from Batman. King Croc, I don't know. I don't know where the hell you got that from. Yeah, but, I don't know what you <laughs> but this quote is from The Lizard. In Spider-Man No Way Home, he says, trust me, Peter, when you try to fix people, there are always consequences. And we felt this quote was really fitting because we'll get into it. But the thing that's so great about this movie, and I think it lends to why Tom Holland is, was a really solidified as a quintessential Spider-Man and a really, really great Spider-Man, is that he tries to help these villains even though they all want to kill him and they don't care about him and he has no relationship to relationship to them at mm-hmm. all and you'll see throughout the the movie is that there's definitely a lot of consequences as he tries to help and cure these villains and i also thought it was kind of meta because by the end of this film tom holland's character is quite changed you know some say his arc is kind of complete over these uh over these three movies that he's had but it's yet to be seen if there's maybe going to be some consequences from that. If Marvel might have boxed themselves in a little bit, maybe there's consequences throughout the Marvel universe in general, but that's yet to be seen. We'll have to talk about that in our review. Um, why don't we go around in the circle and let's all just say what we thought of the movie so far. Uh, Kevin, you're our guest. Guest goes first. Kevin, what did you think of Spider-Man No Way Home? I mean, I absolutely loved it. I We were talking about it before we started recording. Uh how we went in with you know great expectations for the movie we knew that we had a plan on it being fantastic but then we were also worried at the same time that we were going to pack too much into it and i think that they totally avoided that worry like it was no we need to be worried about packing it in it was a perfect 
timeline of the entire movie from the start of the movie to the end. It explained everything perfectly. It got everything. It touched on everything that you would want it to touch on without being too like, wait, what was that? Like, when did they mention that? And they did it while referencing the older Spider-Man movies. Like there was so much, so many Easter eggs from like the Andrew Garfield movie, the Tobey Maguire movie that you're like, oh, wow, I remember that. Like, well, I'm also a man of science. Like that quote alone, like it's like wow, like that's such a small line from the first movie. And you're like, what? It's so, so crazy how like you remember that line, but then this movie perfectly fitted in into where it was in the movie. So I think that it was a plus in my opinion. Nice. Okay, Nick, what about you? Yeah, I I, I love this movie too. Like undeniably great movie. Um, I think that they could have easily kind of phoned it in and went on the like fan service like oh look we have all three spider-man in the movie we have all these villains um but marvel did not phone it in i think the story was great i think they successfully served all three of the spider-man while still making a tom holland story i think Mm -hmm. the actors like easily could have phoned it in too like oh yeah we're making a bunch of money but they all came to play like they all really want you could tell they all really wanted to play these characters all the spider-man all the villains um and i feel like one of my favorite things is kind of how what i mentioned earlier um, Tom Holland, I, I he's one of my he's probably my favorite Spider Man. I think we discussed this in, in an episode, but sometimes he did feel like a little too much of just like another MCU hero. He was too techy sometimes. Like he relied a lot on on Tony, like Tony's legacy and Tony's technology. Um, but mm-hmm. when we first heard of of Homecoming, they were like, "We're not doing a Spider Man origin story." Pretty much a lie because his origin story was like these this trilogy. Like you right. you didn't go into this movie thinking that it was gonna like connect this trilogy so well and kind of bring Spider-Man to like where the Spider-Man we know in New York, no one knows his identity. I think that it really like made me like homecoming and far from home even more because it showed like, this is Tom Holland's story. Like this is just the beginning of him as Spider-Man. So I think that was my favorite thing. Um, We'll talk about some of the things I didn't like as we move forward, but um, ultimately, ultimately amazing movie. Enjoy every minute of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely agree. Um, I mean, just to go right off what you just mentioned, like, yeah, this movie kind of did something entirely new in many ways for Spider-Man. I mean, because Toby and Andrew had their origin movie. You know, you see them get the spider bite. You see Uncle Ben get shot. And like you said, Marvel was like, we're not going to do Uncle Ben. We're not going to do the spider bite. But he's the first Spider-Man to get an origin across three movies. Like this entire trilogy was him, his journey becoming the quintessential Spider-Man. Which was so cool because it was something that we really didn't expect at all. And I don't know. They just had so – the odds were stacked against this movie from the beginning. I mean obviously it was going to make money you know, with Toby and Andrew being in it. But the odds were stacked against it being just an amalgam mess of fan service. But it mm-hmm. ended up being fan service done right. You know, Everything, mm-hmm. was, given, mm-hmm. everything was given care and devotion. And you could tell that – it's really just was an ode to Spider-Man, you know, mm-hmm. obviously not exactly the way it is in the comics, you know, not everything is going to be exact point to point, like, like how to- it happened to Toby, like how it happened to Andrew, like how it happened in the comics, but they really took kind of a shitty situation because they had to introduce him in this way connected to Tony Stark because of the rights with Sony and whatever they took that and really made like they really turned that around in my opinion. They took mm-hmm. that and really made it something that now we're going to associate with Spider-Man forever. You know, whereas w- at first in Homecoming and Far From Home where people didn't really like how techie he was, 
And they were like, that's not Spider-Man. But after this movie, I feel like people are going to embrace that side and be like, that's what it took to get him to this place. And I feel like that yeah. this movie really solidified that. And they, they really had the best of both worlds there because like they needed him in all the Thanos stuff, all the Endgame, Infinity War. They needed to have him as part of it. So they like had him as part of it. But now we still eventually get the Spider-Man we know right. and love who's swinging from buildings with a homemade suit. And I think this gave like a lot of Spider-Man fans who probably were not fans of Tom Holland as the actor good closure as to him being the new Spider-Man in MCU. Like, cause there were a lot of people who were like, like Spider-Man, like Spider-Man in the movie, but not Tom Holland acting him. Because Tom Holland, compared to McGuire and Andrew Garfield, is a kid. You know, like he was much younger than them. But then, so everyone's like, well, I much prefer Tobey Maguire playing him, or I prefer Andrew Garfield playing him. But I think. There was a lot of pessimism pessimism going around the whole Tom Holland playing him. And especially after the first movie, like he's still like a young actor. Like no one really knew who Tom Holland was. Then he did Civil War. He did all these other movies. And then now he did this. And it's a, I think it's a good way of like closing Tom – not closing, but closing the origin story basically of Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Definitely agreed. Yeah. And I, I think that it's there's something to be said about fan service in this movie, too, because I've seen a lot of people and hear a lot of people comparing it to Endgame that, you know, obviously the director, even himself, John Watts, said that this is Spider-Man Endgame, which completely agree. Like, this is high stakes, the biggest Spider-Man movie just by scale, pure scale that we've ever seen. But comparing it fan service wise, I think it almost did something unparalleled compared to Endgame, because I don't know if you guys agree Obviously, Endgame and Infinity War were based on the Infinity Gauntlet comics, and, and there were some things that people were expecting, but we were kind of in uncharted territory where it was really a completely new thing where the Avengers aren't as much of a household name as, as Spider-Man is. So we kind of like right. didn't know what to expect. People had mm -hmm. a lot of expectations. We had Toby stands coming into this movie. We had Andrew stands coming into this movie. We had people who loved Tom Holland and just loved the MCU, and it was fan service that really had a lot more, a lot more riding on it. And considering mm -hmm. that a year ago, if you told me like before all these rumors leaked that this was going to be a multiverse Spider-Verse movie, I would have been like, what the hell? Like that's coming out of nowhere and far from home. And they just managed to make it work. Like right. somehow they executed it really well, which mm -hmm. was very impressive. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that being said, you got our initial thoughts. Why don't we go around and just name like the top pros or uh, what we thought was the strengths of the movie. Uh, Kevin, you could start if you want. Um, I had to say, the t for me, it was kind of uh, touching on what Nick said. I think they incorporated Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire just the right amount. I think they both played their characters perfectly. I think, you know, you got kind of like the older, more experienced Spider-Man from Tobey Maguire. And then you kind of got like the middle of the road Spider-Man like Andrew Garfield. Then you had the new, obviously, Spider-Man like Tom Holland. And they all kind of fed off each other perfectly. Um, I think the, the conversation on Statue of Liberty, the three of them, like when they're waiting for the villains to arrive, was top three best scenes in any Marvel movie, in my opinion, when they're just like talking about, oh, who'd you fight against? Who'd you fight against? I fought an alien. Oh, me too. And he's like, the whole conversation about where the webs come from and like, well, we have web shooters, but yours come from your arm. I think it just like, her, that was the interaction between the three Spider-Men was perfect. And like, they didn't overdo it with them either. Like, they didn't, it's not like, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield came in the first five minutes and it's like, okay, now you got to deal with them the entire movie. Not that I would have complained about that, but it was, they were in for the last about hour, 45 minutes. And I think it was perfect how they, they carried the storyline from the end. 
Yeah, I'll I'll echo what Kevin said. I think that's easily the best part of the movie is the fact they easily could have just put them in the final battle and like people would have been satisfied. But the way they incorporated them into the story and like really when Tom is at his lowest helped bring him back to like become the Spider-Man he is and like become his own kind of Spider-Man too. Um, and they all like compare what happened with MA in this movie versus what happened with Uncle Ben in, in their movies. Um, and again, like Kevin said, the interaction between the three of them, like they have such great chemistry between the Spider-Man right. who knew that all the Spider-Man, especially Toby and Andrew between them, like they just have great chemistry and they re- even the parts of their stories that they don't bring in, which is like, there are other people in their stories who like know that Peter Parker Spider-Man who didn't appear in this movie, which of course I wish they did, but they still mentioned them. Like they still mentioned Harry Osborne. They still mentioned uh, Venom, Topher Grace's Venom. Right. Um, and, and they, they mentioned even Rhino they mentioned. So they really hit on all those beats and like the, the parts they don't the bring in, <laughs> the, part, <laughs> the parts they don't bring in, they, they like touch on them and, they do in like both a funny way, but you're also like, wow, these Spider-Men have all been through a lot. Like, like well, Andrew and Toby have went through some stuff. So that that's definitely my favorite. Like part. what you were going, like when you, the whole, like, oh, that's my MJ scene about Gwen. Like that yeah. was so emotional. Like it yeah. was like, cause like they first hit you with the uncle Ben thing and the aunt May thing. And then it's like, oh wait, this is, she's my MJ. Gwen was my MJ. You're, an MJ, but not my MJ. You know, like it's all, they all had the same feelings for somebody. They all lost, somebody who was very important to them. So I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. They really did a great job of leaving no stone unturned. Like Nick said, like referencing everything you can imagine from the universes and giving closure on those stories. Like you Mm -hmm. find out how that, how Gwen's death affected Peter, Andrew's Peter in the future of that timeline, you figure out what happened with Mary Jane and Toby after Spider-Man three. So that was really cool. I love that. They just like went all in and mentioned everything. They really didn't have to, if you think about it. They didn't have yeah. to mention Harry Osborne. They didn't have to mention that like uh, Otto Octavius knew who Norman Osborne was and Max Dillon knew who Kurt Connors was, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, another strength, I think, in the movie is that what, possibly one of the things that we were so worried about is that there were five villains. And think back to Spider-Man 3, it failed because there were three villains and they couldn't handle it. Think back to Amazing yeah. Spider-Man 2, three villains, they couldn't handle it. So it was a really scary thing, but I think that thing that it did really well was i think the villains even have more screen time than toby and andrew and not only just themselves but whenever they're on screen they're together with tom holland's peter parker like Mm -hmm. majority of their scenes is them all interacting together and people were like how are you going to include all these five they have no relationship to tom's peter but you kind of you didn't need to build up their backstories you just needed to reference them which they did really well Right. All you needed to do is just create that common issue and spend time with them together. And I really mm-hmm. like how majority of the movie was just them talking and like trying to figure out a solution to this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think them constantly talking was another good point. It's like I thought the entire movie was like perfectly timed. Like it didn't seem rushed. It didn't seem like it was long. There was no part that was like, all right, move on, you know? And there was no part that was like, can you just slow down? I think it was perfect. Like they talked everything through. Like you knew exactly what the character was thinking what they why they made a decision so i think that was you know another i agree with that like it was perfect the conversations yeah definitely another thing with stakes too i feel like this is quite possibly one of the one of the, the biggest like it had the biggest stakes and on multiple mm-hmm. fronts i mean like 
you could say Far From Home had stakes because Mysterio revealed his identity, but he's really dealing with that in this movie. He really suffers. He's brought to his lowest point, and there's consequences to everything he does. Like, by the end mm -hmm. of the movie, he lets Peter Parker lose so that Spider-Man can win, so that his loved ones can win, you know? Right. And that's quintessential Spider-Man. And the best part is there was like an easy solution right in front of him, but he chose to go the responsible way. Like Ant-Man right. told him. Beautiful. All right, Pete. So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, another strong point was obviously Willem Dafoe, um, Alfred Molina. Oh, yeah. Like oh, God, literally yes. felt like they just jumped from Spider-Man 1 and 2 straight mm. into this movie. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, the Doc Ock is so crotchety. Yeah. <laughs> like evil Doc Ock is so crotchety. I know. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's just like he. It's because he, it was what twenty something years ago. It's like you're you're just an older man. You're just a grumpy old man at this point. Yeah, he uh, he didn't want to do that. His one condition for coming back was I don't want to do any of my own stunts. And Willem Dafoe's condition was that he wanted to do all of his own stunts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. funny. Which is funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Why don't we talk about any weaknesses or or faults of the movie, if there if there are any, compared to that? <laughs> um, I have one, and it's probably just like just something that got on my nerves. And Nick and I had spoken about it the other night. You had such an easy end of doing six villains and making your sinister six. Why stop at five? And like I know people are like, well, Venom did make an appearance in the end credit scene, but like mm -hmm. that doesn't count. He doesn't. No. He was just there. Like he was in the world, and like I thought that that scene was also hilarious. Like, oh wait, there's like just the way he was talking about you know all these characters, like the Hulk name, and he was like, well, I told you this other name would have been funny. And I was like, no, shut up. Like that's not how it goes. But I just don't understand like why you had a possibility to do a Sinister Six movie and you didn't do it. Like you could have found another. You could have brought Rhino in. You know, like Rhino made a, t a an appearance during Andrew Garfield. You could have done that. You could have brought. There was theories that Ned was going to be the Hobgoblin. Like you could have done that. Like there's so many different things, and I, that was just one thing that I didn't. You had, you had it literally sitting in front of you, and then you just did five. So that was like a big condition going into the movie for me, where I was going to be really pissed if they didn't have a Sinister Six, mm -hmm. because I was of the same viewpoint where, yeah, what like Sinister Six is a thing, an established right. thing in the comics. Like five is just one less than that. Right. Like if you did four, I'd be like, all right, like that's fine. Like five, and then like you tease Venom in the end, and they're referencing Venom. During, like when they were like, oh, I fought a slimy alien. I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm waiting for Venom to start climbing up the side of the the Statue of Liberty now. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, that's the movie. Like that's five of them. Though I will. Be I don't know if I agree yeah. though. I don't know if I agree with how this movie went because they weren't all on the same side. Like they were all fighting for different things. And right. I think they're going to do a Sinister Six, like a Tom Holland universe Sinister Six. So like, what you can't do it twice. So like, as much as it would have been cool, I think it the way this story went with like Sandman like wanting to go back like. Electro not wanting to go back, Doc Off being like kind of good, Green Goblin, who freaking knows? Right, right, um, yeah. Like it would have been hard. Like the Sinister Six is supposed to be like an Avengers like collective. Here's yeah. the thing though, like when when Doctor Strange at the end was trying to close the multiverse, and you could see the villains. You literally saw the shapes of the villains. You saw Rhino. You saw Scorpion. You saw Craven. Craven. Like they literally were could have just jumped out and a sick like scorpion was teased in the movies vulture could have came back you know like vulture's in the morbius trailer so you know he's there you know he's gonna he's 
going back for Spider-Man. Like, I don't understand why you, you just didn't pull one of them from the sky and be like, oh, well, we got Scorpion now. Uh, so, I think it would have been forced, though. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I, I, I agree with that. Like, it could have been forced, like, especially, like, especially someone like Scorpion when he was in Homecoming. It was, like, a short scene and then an end credit scene. But, like, I just think that Six would have been so much cooler. Not saying that the movie wasn't fantastic, but that's just, you know, a lazy way, in my opinion. So so I originally thought that going in, like I said, I, that was one thing where I was like, they better have a be hiding a Six villain, like Mysterio's mm-hmm. going to come back from the dead. But I didn't miss it at all throughout this movie just because of what Nick said. They yeah, made yeah. it work so well that they weren't right. really a Sinister Six. They all had their different reasons for going about it like er, er, the movie was just done so well and the Mm -hmm. like the villain's relation to pete tom holland's peter Mm -hmm. was executed so well that i didn't miss it and i didn't think about it while i was watching the movie you know i didn't think about it until after i was like you know just like thinking like what what could have been wrong with this movie and that was the one thing that came into my mind yeah my well all of my qualms come from the same like point it's the MCU has not like they never get into the details of the multiverse. They don't tell you like where the villains are coming from in this movie. Like what right. they like kind of touch on where the villains coming from, but then you it kind of separates you from the whole goal in the final battle. That like so are you gonna when you send them back? Like are mm-hmm. they just gonna be good now? Does that now change yeah. Andrew and Toby's story? It, it doesn't. I, I was kind of separated from like the ultimate goal of like curing them and then sending them back anyway. I I I've a time I was like, oh, is Tom Holland like trying to keep them in this universe? Is he trying to like could send them back? Mm-hmm. So like eventually they cleared that up, but it still didn't quite make sense because the multiverse wasn't they didn't really go into the mechanics, which I think sometimes they dodge. And as much as it doesn't take you out of the movie because there's so much else to love in this movie, I think all of my qualms come from Right. There here are some plot holes. Here, right. here are some other people that should have come into the story because they knew Spider Man was Peter Parker. So mm-hmm. I think everything I think it could have been nailed down a little bit better. And yeah. mo- most of the times when they do that, it can be solved with just like by saying one sentence, which which mm-hmm. is frustrating. And I, I totally agree with you, Nick, because I'm, I was thinking about it. They the re- really the only person they explain is Doc Ock. He's talking about he's like, I remember the last thing I remember is I had my arm around his throat, which is in the middle of the final battle for Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. So if he got pulled from that moment, like wouldn't Toby have been like, yeah, he suddenly just disappeared in the middle. Of, and that does that change his timeline? But what I'm thinking is what probably likely happened based on the events of Loki is that him getting pulled creates a branch where Toby still experienced the events of Spider-Man 2, but there's a branch timeline where Doc Ock disappeared. But all you need to do is just have Doctor Strange explain like when he's sending them back. He's like, they're sent, right. they're being sent back to their branches. You created branch timelines. Right. There you go. Yeah. Like, you know? I, I feel like Loki did such a – I think Loki personally did a good job of setting up you know, the multiverse and timelines and variants to go where, you know, like was Doc Ock, Green Goblin and all of them variants? Like, are they variants? So like, you know, is the TVA going to come for them now? Like, I don't understand. Like, like I agree with, like with Nick said, like there's no established definition of the multiverse in the MCU. Like you don't know where these characters are coming from or where they're going. And you don't know the effects that them coming here are going to have going forward. It's left for us to assume a lot. And I feel like that's dangerous, yes. possibly even more dangerous than just giving a small explainer. Right. Um, my last qualm that I'll add with this movie is that I think that some of the effects were a little <laughs> shoddy in certain places. Um, Lizard, especially his CGI and amazing Spider-Man was 
miles better than it was in this movie. You could tell they were like trying to keep him in the dark because there was some weird stuff going on with his mouth whenever he talked. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Another thing was, I don't know. I just thought it was a little lazy how when Lizard and Sandman are turned back or cured that they reuse stock footage from Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 1. It's not real footage and they didn't like have a moment like when you cured the rest of them you had a moment where like toby like toby talked to doc ock Mm -hmm. and andrew talked with electro like you know i i I don't know i just feel like as much as sam and elizabeth were the side villains i still would have liked a little bit more love for them Mm -hmm. and all it needed was just like a line or two for them to talk but um i don't like that sam and stayed sam the whole time yeah it it was that was weird (laughs) that was another thing where i was like he's clearly back. Like they brought back Thomas Hayden church, like just spend a little bit more extra money and use the same CGI. I don't know. Also, I I just want to mention it. MCU movies are doing this thing recently. I don't know if it's because of COVID that they have to film in a different way. I can't explain it. And I don't know if you'll understand what I'm saying, but like take, (laughs) take the end scene when Peter's going into the bakery with MJ, they're clearly shooting in a real location. Like that's a real bakery that they were shooting in, Mm -hmm. but whatever, like, way they're shooting it it looks like they are like cut out and put in front of a green screen like their backgrounds never look completely real to me and i'm like is that a green screen or is that a real location like Mm -hmm. it just kind of like takes me out for a little bit yeah but but maybe that's nitpicky i don't know i noticed it in shang chi and uh black widow also but no i could see that yeah I, i agree with the villain thing like the closure which is missing between the characters you know yeah. and toby didn't get any moments with like he got a moment with doc ock but he didn't get any moment with green goblin really like he got sad, i would love that i would love that he should have yeah. yeah especially like if he bonded with like when they cure him they could have talked about harry for a second and he could have like told him like how harry helped him like yeah s- save the city and stuff i mm-hmm. don't know that would have been a really cool moment so nitpicks in an ultimately great movie but yes. yeah alas <laughs> so Let's continue on. Free discussion now. We'll do the report card. Now let we can go on whatever tangents and <laughs> rambles we want to <laughs> now. Um, Kevin, I want to go back to something you said about Ned Leeds, where mm-hmm. you were like, um, the sixth villain could have been, there was a theory that he was going to turn into Hobgoblin. Yeah. My theory is that, listen, I'm just saying, in a world now where no one remembers who Peter Parker is, including Ned Leeds, the door is open for them to continue it's that trend happen. where- Peter Parker's best friend turns into a villain. And they made reference to it like three times in the movie. Like they the made- whole scene in the lab, like, I'm not gonna become a super villain again. Yeah. Like, like ah, you're touching. He won't remember me. that promise. Right. Yeah. You like it's like what uh what Agatha says in WandaVision. You are on the precipice. Like you are right there. Like it's like go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Become a hobgoblin, do something. Like he could like if I think in the beginning of the movie when you see uh Peter Parker and MJ like really like falling for each other and everything and ned's kind of the third wheel like i was sitting next to my brother and he looked at me he's like oh like he's he's gonna be the villain like he's gonna be he's gonna not like being like you know on the outskirts of them so i i think that well i agree with you i think now that there's no you know remembrance of peter parker you know he's gonna maybe who knows maybe ned's gonna fall for you know mj and then peter's gonna try to get him back and then ned's gonna get all mad kind of like how uh, Harry Osborne was with Peter with MJ with Tobey Maguire like you're fighting over the girl yeah and I think as they become older like 
Ned, Ned Leeds isn't quite there where you, he would be believable as a villain because he's still right. like a goofy young kid. As they kind of all grow up, I think it will become a little bit more believable. And I hope they actually do do like a full... If they are going to turn him into Hobgoblin, I hope it's like a full... I want a full reason why. I want like a full story. Harry Osborn was built up over like three movies. Yeah. Um, so I hope they like... I, I don't need him to be the next villain, but I would like if they kind of lay the scenes and like kind yeah. of turn him into a villain over time. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that being said, though, when mentioning next villains, I was talking to you about this for a little bit, Nick, is that they kind of, like we've said with the quote of the episode, box themselves in a little bit, you know, where they can't use mm-hmm. these iconic spider-man villains green goblin doc ock electro because like now tom holland's peter parker knows norman osborne otto octavius max dylan like if he sees some guy named max dylan pop up in his universe he's like that guy's gonna turn into electro i gotta keep an eye on him it's not gonna be a surprise you know which is not necessarily a bad thing i would love to see new villains like craven scorpion would love to see vulture come back would love uh, Mr. Negative, because they the feast shelter. If you guys have played Spider Man PS4, yeah. like yeah. he runs, yeah, that'd be awesome to see new villains. But then again, you know, it's a little sad. Like it's always like, oh, what if we saw like an MCU version of right. Doc Ock? That would have been cool. You know? I do think that, I, and I said this to you the other day, Jake. I think that as much as they are so important to Spider Man, it would would have been cool to see those versions. I kind of am almost satisfied because they were such great villains in other Spider-Man movies. Instead of redoing them, they just pulled the great versions that really define the characters. Right. Um, like Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina. You can't, you can't beat. Um, maybe they'll do a girl version of Doc Ock like they did in Spider-Verse. Who knows? Right. Um, <laughs> but, but if you hear Octavius, like you said, he'll know that they're going to turn into a villain. But right. I, I don't know. I, I, I am excited to see other villains. I think that this was the most, like, this was more satisfying than having a Norman Osborn and an Otto Octavius in the universe, as much as I would have loved to see it. You kind of have to go one way or the other. So I think that this was ultimately, like, the more satisfying version. And, yeah. and, it, and it would be pretty cool to see, like, Spider-Man fighting. Like you said, his main villains have been used already. They're not, probably not going to repeat them in the MCU. It would be cool to see like a Spider-Man fighting like a Fantastic Four villain, you know, like because I mean that's who like that's how it's gonna have to be from now on. Like he's gonna have to fight a Doctor Doom type, you know. He's gonna have to fight a Shang Chi villain at one point because like all his big villains have been used. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm saying that like it's gonna be pretty cool to see that. Like you won't really picture these people fighting each other, but it's what's gonna happen. I think they could also use Kingpin. That's I would what I was love, say. That'd be, that'd right. be awesome. Especially, yeah. oh, we forgot to talk about freaking yeah, Daredevil. We didn't talk about Charlie Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Daredevil. I mean, like, that was one moment in the theater. So I'm, I'm notorious for, like, very strict in theaters and watching movies that I don't like when people talk at all or even, like, no. cheer or gasp or anything because I don't want to miss, like, a second. <laughs> yeah. But this movie, like, I literally, something came, welled up inside me and I, like, could not help but, like, <laughs> cheer. I, like, went, whoo! When, when, yeah. when Daredevil Same. came on screen, I clapped. I clapped. I'm like, who am I? Like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and like but, I said, it's my brother. He's like, every time somebody cheers, like, what's going on? What? Who are we? Who are yeah. we? Like, who's supposed to be? I was missing that. I was at a drive-in movie theater, and I was like in my own car, and I was like missing it. When I saw all spy- all the Spider-Man swinging together, I was yeah. like, ah! And then I was like, how no, they but could no, totally I, use Kingpin, like wh- yeah. whoever said that, yeah. And now he's in other things. Now he's referenced in other shows, and 
you have Charlie Cox now. I think that was such a great way of showing him too. Like it wasn't like, like it was a theory. Like when he was like in all the trailers, you see, you know, Peter Parker in the prison and you know in the interrogation room, and everybody's like, "Well, is that you know Matt Murdock with him?" And then I think it was so quick, like with the brick coming to the window, and you see what his powers are. And I think that it was a perfect thing. And then they didn't overdo it. You know, they didn't just like, it's like Daredevil came in at the end of the movie. You know, I think yeah. it was totally perfect. Like, it like now wants people wanting more, you know, Matt Murdock. Yeah, that was a perfect cameo. I do I do think, though, one of my qualms, it was like, a, it's a very nitpicky qualm, but because, you know, they have to, they had to rush through that beginning part of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Once Doc Ock came into the movie, you know, it was like great from there, that point on. I felt like the beginning was a little rushed, especially with daredevil like he just comes in he's like yeah peter i don't think any of the charges against you're gonna stick and then that's the end of the the trial right. stuff yeah. like i feel yeah. like he could have at least they had a scene in court like charlie charlie cox matt murdoch explaining like oh this is how i'm gonna prove you innocent you know if you check the edith glasses it shows that you gave uh it gave you gave control over to mysterio so it's not your fault that's right. it yeah, I I agree. I think uh, everything was well paced for what they had to put in, but the beginning was very like bam, 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 bam. I think the beginning was a little bit choppy, but yeah. I mean, if you're gonna choose something that's not well paced, it's probably that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think the the legal stuff with Peter Parker just went over real quick. I and um, I think that, that that's like a shame because I think it could have been like a funny part of the movie. You know, like Peter yeah. Parker, like he's a smart kid, but he's also kind of like, you know, like a social dummy. You know, like he doesn't pick up like on the social cues. So I think it could have been like hilarious, like him in a courtroom, like, uh, I don't get it. Yeah. Such an idiot. He gave control yeah. over drones right. and like an yeah. army to someone yeah. he didn't know. <laughs> Thank God everyone forgot because that kid was showing his face everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, speaking of involvement of other superheroes, how did you guys feel about the Doctor Strange stuff and his involvement in the entirety of the movie? perfect amount i thought i I feel like he probably had the same amount of screen time as iron man did in homecoming maybe a little bit more um but it made sense you know i felt like he wasn't i like that he wasn't like fighting the villains with them in the end battle that he was just kind of like dealing with the rips in reality um this the mirror dimension scene was awesome that was a great fight Mm -hmm. scene right um so yeah, I was happy with Doctor Strange in this movie, other than that he can't do an English accent sometimes. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> um, I agree. I think that he was used perfectly in it. Um, I do think that it was like something was off in the beginning, like when when Peter Parker goes to the uh, Sanctorum and he's talking to him. I, I I was just like, is this really like? He just seems like too chill and laid back, you know, compared to. The guy who the last time we saw him was like, oh, I looked at 14 million possibilities, but I'm not telling you what they are because it'll change it. Like he was so strict and like, you know, right on the like very tight on everything, and like he didn't want to say anything. And now he's like walking around in sweatpants and a Columbia sweatshirt. It was like this is just and like, he's like drinking coffee, like making jokes to him. It was like this is a little weird. But then at the end, when like I liked that they didn't overuse him. Like he they locked him in the mirror dimension, and then he came out at the end. I think that was perfect. Yeah, I think that was a perfect way to use him. Um, I, I didn't want him to be fighting the villains with the Spider-Man because like, it would have been three Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. So I think it was perfect. Yeah. Um, I like that he they gave him a reason to like yeet out and they gave us a great fight scene just to get him out of the movie for, mm-hmm. for a little bit. So they like had him and Peter go at it. Got a great fight scene out of it. Peter defeats him with geometry, which shows how smart Peter is. 
And um, then he's just not in the rest of the movie until the very end. And then again, like Jay said, he's like dealing with the multiverse stuff. So yeah. he's not dealing with the actual villain. So I think mm-hmm. it made perfect sense. And I think he was used perfectly. It was still very much a Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. but it gave it a reason to bring in the other Spider-Man. Because obviously Spider-Man doesn't have powers to bring in. Like you need to bring in a superhero like that to open multiverse. Right. So right. there really was no other way to do it. So um, Jake always knows I don't love when they interconnect the movies too much and it feels too much like an MCU movie mm-hmm. and not like a movie for the character. Right. So um, this this one balanced that well, using a character to serve the plot of the movie and to bring in these other characters, but not overusing them. Yeah. 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 I have a question going off Doctor Strange. What are your thoughts on Ned just knowing magic? Oh my God. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask the same thing. Like, um, like, like, he, like it took Dr. Strange like how many months to learn how to use the sling ring? And then like, and his grandmother is living like, Oh, I'm going to find Peter. And he's like, he did it. And right. Now, like, I don't get it. So I have an explanation for this. Uh, you can tell me if you, if you guys disagree, but I think the whole point of in Dr. Strange's solo movie is that he was so stubborn and egotistical is that like, he, he just like, was refused to believe that magic was possible and that that's why it was so hard for him to like really open up to it. But once he did, he's such an academic that it was easy for him to learn really quickly. Whereas like Ned, like is happy go lucky. And like, obviously he believes in magic. So like, it was like easier. I, I don't know. I, I it was just so like he just picked up the ring and it was like opening portals. And like I, I get like it was funny like when he first put it on, like you saw like the little spark in the middle there. I'm like, oh wow, that's that's cool. Something happens. But the next thing you see and he's like literally bringing in two Spider-Men to the world. Like yeah. it was just like it's just so like I'm like, what where did this come from? Like they never said this before in any other movies. I think um I Jake always knows I say it's too easy to learn magic in this world. Like, how come the, none of the other superheroes are like, let me try. Right. Maybe I have these magical powers too. They don't really like block it off. It kind of kind of just seems like anyone could learn magic. Right. Um, if you're able to open portals when you miss your friends by mistake, I'd be opening portals by mistake all the time in that universe. <laughs> right. Like, right. I'd be like, oh, I missed this person. Oh, whoops, portals well, open. So it right. was a little weird, but it served the movie. And I, I I'm glad they weren't like... I kind of like when they make big things happen in like kind of mundane ways. Like who would have thought that the Spider-Man would come into like Ned's grandma's living room. Right. So like, cobwebs. I, so like it yeah. meant a lot to us, but it seems mundane in that universe. So I, I like when they kind of do scenes like that. So I, I really like that scene and I get why they had to do it that way, but it is, it's too, too easy to learn magic in this universe. Yeah, it was just, well, it was just weird. <laughs> it's weird how, like, I think it's weird how the general public knows that wizards exist. Because if I was in that universe, I'd be like, all right, one ticket to Kamartage, I'm going to wizard school. You know, why yeah, isn't everyone exactly. like, I want to yeah, become yeah. a wizard, you know? Yeah. I don't know that they know it's at Kamartage, but they know about the Saints of Santorum. Like, no one's knocking on the door. It's not a tourist attraction. Right, right. Yeah, I know. Like, like he, Peter Parker was... The- on Google Maps, like looking up where the Sanctum Centurion was, like he was like <laughs> looking at his phone, like oh there it is, it's right here in the corner. Like come on, yeah. How, how are people not taking pictures of it? Right, right, right. Um, so what do you guys think of? I don't, I don't know. What do you, what do you think of him? Him, like no one remembering who Peter Parker is, and him like kind of losing all his loved ones. I, I know I spoke to some, some people and they they're not a big fan of it i personally really like it and think that you know he he sacrificed it there's true consequences for peter parker mm-hmm. peter parker suffers so that spider-man can live on and i think it opens up so many more possibilities that like he could 
meet Gwen Stacy or Black Cat and, you know, has to pay rent on his own and, and study on his own and, you know, build things on his own. Um, I think it's obviously extremely sad. Like he's like a kid, it's just like, you know, dropped out of high school. Like when he was unpacking his uh his new apartment and he saw he had like the GED textbook, like obviously no not no longer in school, no one knows who he is. Um I think it does open a lot of possibilities. You know, Black Cat, Gwen Stacy, all these other things. Um uh I think that yeah, uh, he it's gonna make him obviously a more mature Spider-Man because like he's on his own for so long while the other two weren't. Um I just had something else I was gonna say and I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh but no, I, I think it's it was a good way to end it. You know, now when he comes back, clean slate, you know, new beginnings, trying to put people back together, bring people that he knew back into his life. I mean, really, if you think about it, all he really has is MJ and Ned now that there's no more Aunt May. Um, but yeah, I think it was a good thing. Yeah, I was going to say that too. I think if Aunt May was in the picture, it would be more complicated and difficult because like he, if you have Spider-Man, you need to have that like Aunt, Aunt May still kicking. You need to have that yeah, like connection yeah, between yeah. them. You can't have, you can't break that. You can't sever that. Right. We're like yeah. friends and relationships you can like build over time. Um, so it's really only Ned and MJ who matter. And obviously it's sad that he's not like, they don't know who he is, but I think that that will be explored. Uh, in very fast and furious manner, I'm sure, where he Vin Diesel tries to make Letty remember him. Um, so I'm sure it'll be something like that. But um, I think that's worth it to separate him from all of the things that come with being a hero in the MCU. And I think he can still work with all the other heroes and still they'll know him as Spider-Man, not Peter Parker. But I hope he keeps his identity like more close to the hip because that was something I always thought was so annoying in the other movies. Like he's literally just like, hi, I'm Peter Parker (laughs) in the middle of the battle of Endgame. Um, So I I think it's the necessary step to take him to bring like to actually make him feel like Spider-Man and like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So I think the relationship with MJ and Ned, like severing that tie is worth it. And I think that it also brings it to, it doesn't like those relationships don't not exist anymore. It's just like going to give a different element to those relationships that I'm sure will help serve the story anyway. So I I, I like it. I love that Peter Parker is becoming the Spider-Man we know. Like no one knows who he is. He's paying rent. And you can't, if he, if everyone knows who he is and he has Stark technology, you can't get him to that place. So it's a necessary necessary step to have to take. I remember How, what I was going to say now. Sorry. Go for it. Um, so in the beginning when he's casting the spells, Dr. Strange, I'm going to just quick, he says, oh, he basically makes five versions of the spell. I can't, uh, MJ, Ned, anybody, Aunt May, and Happy. Um, and then Dr. Strange says, well, you cast the spell six times. And this is a theory I just, you know, read, obviously, online. And Peter's like, no, it was five. Like, he kept count. People are saying that the sixth one was Doctor Strange casting a spell that he personally won't forget about Peter Parker. That when he counted six, it was the five things that Peter said, and then the sixth one was Doctor Strange casting himself that no one that Doctor Strange wouldn't forget about him because Doctor Strange loves Peter Parker. And then at the my theory, adding on to that, is I think at the end, Doctor Strange spell making everyone forget. Might have left some like loophole in it for Doctor Strange to remember him because they don't show Doctor Strange after that, you know. They show him running into Ned and MJ again. They don't and and happy, but they don't show Doctor Strange running into him. I think that there's a little part of Doctor Strange who might come back in Multiverse of Madness and be like, "All right, we need Peter Parker." 
I don't think Spider Man's gonna be a multiverse of madness. I'm not though. saying I'm not saying he's gonna be. I'm not saying, but I think that there's gonna be something that Doctor Strange remembers mm-hmm. Peter Parker. I don't. I don't. I don't know. That that is an interesting theory. I think what it, literally it'll be like he'll be the one character that'll be super easy for him to explain it to because like obviously he's magical and stuff. People yeah. would just be like, "Listen, you cast a spell like for everyone forget it." He'll be like, "Okay, makes sense. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah." I think I think that would take away from this because when Doctor Strange is about to cast a spell, he's like, "Just so you know, everyone who cares about you, we will all forget you." So he includes himself. We, yeah, I think it true. takes away from that a little bit. I I, I kind of. Uh, I wouldn't love if Doctor Strange remembered. I think that would take away yeah. from the consequences of it. And like, honestly, I don't need Doctor Strange and Peter Parker to have that much of a relationship after no. this movie. Like, he he served his purpose for the Spider Man story, and like, I'm sure they'll see each other again. But I don't right. need a, a like heavy team up between the two ever again. I no, yeah, no I, I'm just saying that was just a, yeah. 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 <laughs> no. Spider Man should should be in the Avengers movies, but for for other hero team ups, he's got to do Daredevil, Punisher. Like the street level heroes is what I want to see mm-hmm. moving forward. Yeah. Um, I don't need any big mythical characters with Spider Man. I want him to be shooting webs, swinging from buildings, like maybe working with other people who don't seem as like. Right. I don't want. I don't want any blobs coming at, in and out. <laughs> I, 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 I would like they touch on Homecoming, like the small, like your friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Like mm-hmm. I think I want. I want that. Yeah. At least for like a while. I don't need him going right into like when he comes back. I don't need him doing you know crazy stuff with you know Doctor Strange or Thor again. Though I will say that he'll he, it, it's kind of inevitable that he's gonna at least interact with the Fantastic Four. I think because John Watts is directing those movies and he has a huge history with the Fantastic Four in the comics. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't fine. be surprised. I'll, at I'll that, take but it. I, yeah. But but I want to see big stuff with Daredevil and Punisher. I hope. Oh, yeah. I hope that. Oh, happens. Yeah. Please um, give me a Fantastic Four multiverse movie. All Honestly. three Fantastic Fours. <laughs> we don't need that. Well, <laughs> well. And then it'll be like, wait, isn't that Killmonger? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> well, wait, I heard a rumor today. Spoilers if you don't want to. No, this is a very light rumor. Don't know if it's going to happen. But all these reshoots for Multiverse of Madness that have been happening, people are like, oh, no, is the movie in danger? But I apparently it's because of the success of No Way Home, they're adding more Multiverse cam- cameos to Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness. And we're going to see an appearance of the group called the Illuminati from the comics, which is like the most powerful heroes have like a council and yeah. Mr. Fantastic is being added. So it may be old Mr. Fantastic from like the old Fantastic Four movie. I don't know if it'll oh, be a new so one. Cool. And so, That'd be so cool. Amy Grunford comes back. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> um, before I forget though, we were, when we were talking about him paying his own rent and getting his own apartment, I, I didn't want to forget this. Uh, I was watching Spider-Man 3 last night and me and my brother were talking about it and he goes – wouldn't it have been so cool if when he gets his new apartment in No Way Home and the guy's like, rent is due on the first of the month if it was Mr. Dickovich, the guy who goes, I, yes. I, I, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be. I was like waiting for like that like Polish-Russian <laughs> accent to come out. Like, where's my rent? Like, I wanted yeah. that so bad. But it was so great. It would have been oh, so good. It would have been a great. But then they have to keep him in the movies like every time. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Honestly, who what, knows what, what that actor is doing with his life? <laughs> who knows where he is right now? <laughs> probably wildly successful <laughs> right right <laughs> oh man um like, going off of what you said and i think that another pro of the movie was that they did so well with easter eggs in it they didn't oh, overdo yeah. it they didn't underdo it like the scene in the lab with the finger pointing of the spider-man like, mm. like i people didn't realize it i just saw it right away i was like oh my god that's hilarious like i think that was great 
um, her wearing at the end of the movie the Black Dahlia necklace, even though she forgot him, she's still wearing it around her neck in the diner. I think that was great. That's like a not to uh, far from home. Um, another thing that I noticed because I watched the first Spider-Man with uh, Total Water last night. The first time, and this is like nerdy, but the first time that he sees, I mean, obviously they know each other, but the first time you see Mary Jane Watson on screen in Spider-Man 1 is when they're going to that lab on the college campus and he waves to her and then she, well, she waves in his direction, but it's to somebody behind him. And at the end of this movie, she waves oh. to Tom Holland, but it's really just Ned behind oh, Tom Holland. That's so I was cool. like, oh, wow. Like we know how that went with, you know, Spider-Man one. Is this just another way that's going to happen? So many, so many little, little things, especially right. with like when, when Toby talks to Otto and Otto's like, how are you? And he goes, trying to do better. Trying to do better. Yeah. You know, like, Tiny little things like that. I'm we, we, a scientist we, myself. Yes. Yeah. Right. That was such a good line. <laughs> that, was, that was my probably my favorite line in the movie. I yeah. Would say. My, I think my favorite line again, talking about the chemistry between Toby and Andrew, is when he's like, "No, no, you're amazing. No, say it. You're amazing. Yeah, you're, you're amazing. amazing. Say it. Amazing. <laughs> I was dying, and then the the back cracking. That's yeah. a reference to Spider-Man 2. Do you know the scene when he like falls off the building when he's getting his powers back and he's like, oh, my back. My back. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. I couldn't think of that. Oh, my God. Um, and, and the conversation about where the webs are coming from, like, I don't want to ask any questions. Right. Like, I don't want to pry, but like, I think that was like, because like, that's something that they never explained in, in either Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man or in Tom Holland's, like, we, we all know that Toby Wire had the webs coming out of his wrists, but they yeah. never explained like, they showed like Andrew Garfield working on like in the garage. They showed him working on the web shooters, but they never like explained it. Mm. But I think like the difference now being established was like it was perfect. And and I love when they're like, "Oh, do, do you not have web blockages?" And he's like, "Oh, I actually did." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think something that's like it works so well and it brings a different type of comedy is because these are the first characters that aren't MCU that are already established characters are not MCU characters mm-hmm. that are coming into the MCU where like most of the MCU characters have a certain type of comedy and like they're all written by like similar people. So sometimes the, the comedy can get like a little bit stale at times, but with yeah. Toby and Andrew, they're like already established characters and they weaved their characters in with the mcu and like took this andrew garfield's like a darker character than most mcu heroes are so they like weave that into the mcu comedy at times when he's like literally crying after he saves mj like he's like i think they it just worked well because it was a different type of character we were dealing like the comedy really hit super well and like the, the friendship between them is awesome too because people love to pit them against each other and be like, oh, who's the best Spider-Man? Like this one's better than the other. Right, but right. Like them all being friends, it makes you feel they're all great. like they're all, they're all Spider-Man. They're, they're all great. Yeah. And that's fine. And, and like they are all cool with each other being Spider-Man. It's not like we right. have to choose one. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was perfect dynamic between the three of them. Uh, also, something I wanted to say was I feel like this, because they did this with bringing all the Spider-Man together, it made like the fact that they made Zendaya's MJ a different total character feel more natural because like they each have their own significant others that are very different than yeah. each other. It's yeah. not like, oh, here's someone else playing the same character that yeah. MJ was. Like, 
it, it, it made her feel a little bit more more natural that she she is like very different from Kirsten Dunst's MJ, which wor- works well because they each have very specific significant others, and I felt like their chemistry was was way better in this movie, like oh, yeah. and Zendaya, than it has been in the past. You, you felt like they were a squad, like like Harry Osborn, Toby, and and MJ. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. Andrew didn't have a third person, but like him and Gwen, like you felt like Ned, MJ, and Peter were a squad in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Which yeah. Um, I quickly want to touch on it because you, you mentioned it. I realized we didn't talk about it. Is Andrew redeeming himself also uh, catching MJ after Gwen? Beautiful. Yeah. Really love that. I know that was a big theory. Um, I do want to ask your guys' thoughts. Uh, I think we should talk about May for a little bit and her death and how she's kind of like the new <sighs> Uncle Ben. Um, yeah. What? Uh- yeah, yeah it was it. it was it was heartbreaking like the way it happened like it's just it's the same way that she she, she died the same way green goblin died she got stabbed by the glider like it was kind of crazy it was kind of didn't realize that yeah like she got stabbed to say like he killed peter parker's most loved person the same way that peter parker basically killed him you know like he but the thing is like he didn't know it like obviously he's still alive but it was just oh actually he did know because they mentioned it in the movie like you were killed by your own glider, mm-hmm. things through. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I did, I think it was also great like the last thing she said to him was with great power comes great responsibility, which is how the other how Uncle Ben's in the other two movies both the last thing they said to him was was that. Um, I think it was obviously sad, but I think it was the perfect ending to her because like basically the whole point is this is the end of his origin story. And like Aunt May and Uncle Ben were basically a huge part of, in the comics, Peter Parker's origin story. So this just completely ends it. Just now is him on his own, being his own person, becoming an adult on his own. So I think it was needed, and I think it was perfectly executed. Yeah, I think um, I really liked it. I think it's a little bit weird that like we don't really get much of Uncle Ben in this universe, but mm-hmm. I think that's just something that is. It's just different. And I think that ultimately that the trajectory of Spider-Man's origin story, which really is all three of these homecoming, homecoming far from home, the, the home trilogy, like the, the tone and the plot points of these movies kind of hit on the same beats as Spider-Man's real origin story with uncle Ben dying in his arms and saying with great power comes great responsibility. So it kind of solidifies this as, spider-man's origin story and gives him that um that like big death and that that line that kind of connects all three spider-men together and um of course it's it happened differently but i i think it was it was a good way i think it was a really good way of incorporating that line like we i didn't even know if we were going to get that line going into this movie i really didn't think we were and i was i thought maybe one of the other spider-men would give it to him so i i wasn't expecting the death it was super sad but i think it was perfect to like bring his story to the actual like spider-man i think it was perfect that green goblin was the one to do it mm-hmm. you know like he is definitely in my opinion one of the more like ferocious villains that goes against spider-man in any of the movies like he's the most ruthless like he doesn't care who he hurts um i think that it was perfect that he was the one to do it and then the way he did it yeah i really liked i mean like you you kind of touched on it earlier nick that like it's kind of you don't really know what his motivations are but i kind of like that he was almost like the joker where he just wanted chaos and to see things burn like he was literally like 
even if even though he was going to be sent to his death, he was like taunting Peter. He's like, man up, like send me to die. If you're not going to send me to die, I'm going to ruin your life, you know, mm-hmm. like which was like crazy. I don't know. It, it was just like the fight scenes between, between them two, you felt the brutality. I mean, like probably one of the more violent MCU movies, which Peter just like bashing him in the face and he's just like laughing at him. I was like, oh my God, Willem Dafoe is just... Chef's, chef's yeah. kiss, chef's like kiss. perfect. Willem Dafoe, best MCU villain. Ooh. <laughs> like, maybe so good, and and I think that to connect Spider-Man with the he's the main villain of this movie, Green Goblin, and to you had to do something to connect Spider-Man with these villains if you're not going to bring in someone from his universe. So I think MA's death being Green Goblin's fault pretty much is the best way to connect him to the. For the villain, and then having him still save him in the end instead of killing him, it just solidifies uh, Aunt May's point that with great power comes great responsibility. So I think it was it was the perfect way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And even if like I was expecting some more Uncle Ben in this movie, whether it be a flashback or I om- I honestly thought it might have been uh, Toby that said great power comes great responsibility. Um, but even if Uncle Ben was, me- I feel like it un- ultimately doesn't really matter because in this universe, Aunt May is that for Peter. Like I'm sure his yeah. death meant a, I'm sure his death meant a lot to Peter, but I think that Aunt May is really that figure that like transition transcends him into like the Spider-Man we know. I think it's just that, different. Yeah, and I I also think like his Uncle Ben was Tony Stark in all the movies. Like that was like his father figure for mm-hmm. you know Civil War, Homecoming, Infinity War, Endgame. Like he had Tony Stark to look up to. I mean, he had Aunt May at home, kind of like how the other movies were. Like, he always had Uncle Ben to look up to, and Aunt May was always, like, not backup, but always, like, his, like, was always his home base, you know? So I think once Tony Stark went on and passed away, I think he had Aunt May to fall back on, and I think it was, like, a perfect, you know, now you're you're, you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, I think we always wondered if Uncle Ben, that whole thing, like, the whole thing of, it being Peter's fault and him saying with great power responsibility, if that had happened in this universe. And I think that yeah. this solidified that uncle Ben was probably a real person, but it didn't happen. And I think that again, it hits the same beat. Like he felt like it, he was responsible and she gives him the speech and she passed away in his arms. Like yeah. it, you don't need uncle Ben to like really be the, his origin. If you have this whole but, thing with Aunt May. And this is something I, I noticed. Like, I don't think there was even uncle Ben because like when they showed her at the, when he showed, Peter at the cemetery, it just showed her name on the gravestone. It didn't say Ben on the gravestone. And like, if he did go on, if he did pass away, like he would have been, I mean, I think on the same gravestone as her, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't on there. It just said May. I, I think there is an uncle Ben because in far from home, his suitcase has BP as the initials on it, Ben Parker. And I, I thought what- that was his, it wasn't that his father's name though, Ben. Richard Parker is his, Oh, is Richard his... Parker. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're isn't, right. That the, isn't that the tiger's name in Life of Pi? Richard Parker? I think it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I think it is. <laughs> I was thinking that in, in Amazing Spider-Man 2, they kept saying Richard Parker, and I was like, isn't that Life I, I, of I think, I think, I think that should be the quote of the podcast today. <laughs> isn't Richard Parker the name of the tiger in Life of Pi? <laughs> I like, couldn't, couldn't so get out funny. of my head. Yeah, that's so funny. And I always love that, that you just thought of that. Like, <laughs> Life of Pi. I would have never remembered that if you didn't say it. <laughs> um um let's let's talk quickly about the other villains i feel like we haven't talked about i mean a big change in this movie was electro definitely Mm -hmm. got a more comic accurate upgrade which 
was awesome that they gave him the crown, like, but while still not making it look totally goofy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, what I would have liked, I definitely like that he's like, cause let's be honest, he needed some fixing from America, Amazing yeah. Spider Man 2, Electro. But I would have liked to see a little bit more thread line of how they acted. Like in Amazing Spider Man 2, he's like a little bit creepy and like weird the way he like speaks, like, cause he's like basically stalks Spider Man throughout the movie and he's just very creepy and weird. And I like how he was just more intimidating yeah. in this movie, but I feel like they could have added a little bit more of that creepiness from Amazing Spider-Man so that you got the same sense it's still the same character, even yeah. though he's changed a lot. And I, Nikki, go. I was going to say, yeah, there was really no transition into like Jamie Foxx playing himself. Um, but I guess like that's what the Stark energy will do to you. It'll give you a fade and make you cool. Yeah. Um, but I mean... Aside from the no transition and the fact that he didn't know Peter Parker was Spider-Man, which Jake brought up to me, um, so he shouldn't have been pulled into the universe in the first place, I enjoyed his scenes. Like, it made him... It's funny because, like, Lizard is really more of the main villain of the Amazing Spider-Man, like, franchise, and they... Mm -hmm. there was, but they really explored all they could with him. Like he's just a big lizard. Um, they took a, a villain that's really like not liked from that franchise and made him into actually a good villain. So there was a lot of potential there and I think they delivered on it. Um, and as Jake knows, I'm, and as I've discussed with the Sims from the, the other podcast, I am an, 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 I am an electro simp. Um, so I loved him in this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was, he was fun to watch. And I, I thought, I thought he was cool. I thought his scenes were cool. Yeah, and going with what Jake said about like how he was not as creepy in this movie as he was in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, um, I think they kind of hit on it when Liz was like, "Oh, do you get a makeover?" Like, kind of yeah. just showed like how you're a different person now. You, you know, you you don't have the glasses and you don't have you know the weird teeth. Like he's like, you definitely got a makeover, and like I think that definitely like clear things up but i also what jake was saying i would have appreciated that creepiness because like that creepiness made me hate him as a villain you know yeah for sure and but he but like like you both uh said he was definitely really cool in this movie and i I appreciated that they were able to turn him into a like a much better villain in such short time yeah you know yeah but it really doesn't feel like the same character like even when they're in happy's apartment and like all the conversations it doesn't feel like the same character it's amazing spider-man no 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 Definitely, but that's okay because uh, he sucked anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciated um, the uh, the Miles Morales shout out too. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah, the Black Spider Man. I think that was great, and like, yeah. they, and they did hit on that, you know, a little bit, you know, with uh, Homecoming, with you know, when he met with um, his uncle, what's his name, Prowler. his uncle, yeah, with uh, he was like, yeah, like I have a nephew in these streets. Like they hit on it already, so who knows. It's going to happen in this next trilogy. I think they're definitely going to introduce Miles at the end of I his. think they're going to introduce Miles and they're going to introduce a Gwen. I mean, there's no other love interest, Black Cat maybe, but they already hit like hinted at You don't think he's going to end up with MJ though? I don't I don't I think that he might have something. I think him reuniting with MJ is the last Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. I think mm. that's when he like I mean that's what happened basically with Pete with Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst was Spider-Man 3 was when they were finally together happy like she wasn't with anyone else he wasn't with anyone um hmm. I think that it's going to be a Gwen love interest for the first two movies and then the final third movie it's going to be him and MJ you think she's going to die who's going to die Gwen Gwen no oh. I think Gwen becomes Spider-Gwen 
And oh, then, that'd be cool. I would yeah. be down with that. And then I, you got Miles, Spider Gwen, and Spider Man, and then you get MJ back in the picture. Yeah, I don't think they should repeat the the Andrew mm-hmm. uh, Gwen Stacy's death thing because no. that that's like a very quintessential yeah. Andrew Toby. A- Andrew, I might as well make Spider-Man a spy. Might, might as well sp- make a Spider Gwen like that. Yeah. it's never been done in live action. It'd be cool. Right, yeah. like you don't end that which, uh, there's like a spider. There's uh, Olivia Wilde working on like a female lead Spider-Man movie. I don't know, Spider Woman. Yeah, Spider Woman. So I don't know, like if that's gonna come into effect, like if that's gonna be one of the Spider-Man movies, or is that MCU? Like, that movie? I think it might be Sony. Sony, but like again, who knows? We've we've seen Sony come back and before. <laughs> At and this point, make, make Amazing Spider-Man three. Yeah, I know. That, that's like another thing we were talking about with. Um, uh, Tom Hardy at the end of the movie. I think that this was such like an opportunity for Sony to hop on the back of MCU and just like, oh, here's what we have to offer. And it was like a little bit missed. Like obviously they yeah. gave them, you know, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, you can use these in our movies. But like you had Venom, which a lot of people like. A lot of people liked the two Venom movies. And like I think it was just like I hate them. Yeah. All right, well, I'm not that. I hate the second one. I like the first one. The second one, I felt it was rushed and it was weird, but yeah. I like the first one and like the character of Venom. But I think that this was a perfect opportunity for them to fix that. Like for the people who don't like Venom, you know, oh, well, he's an MCU, but in an MCU movie, like, let's go see how they fix it. Well, do you think that they're going to introduce an, uh, an MCU Eddie Brock based on the post credit scene? Um,. I I don't know. Like I want them to. I would love for Venom to be in it and New Eddie Brock to be in it. But I don't know how, like, that would be viewed. You know, like, I, I, I like Tom Hardy as Venom. I think Tom Hardy is a perfect Venom. But like a lot of people say, Tom Hardy should be playing other characters in the MCU as it is, which is a whole other topic of conversation. But uh, I mean. Yes, I would like to see an Eddie Brock in the MCU. Long story. I wonder. I wonder if they'll. I wonder if they'll bring. They they could still bring Tom Hardy back as as Venom in some way. Who knows? Um, I don't know. I I felt like that post credit scene. Best part of it was Danny Rojas. Not um, not Tom. Like I don't know. It was funny, but it was like kind of felt like a missed opportunity. I think they did miss the mark a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Sony's been talking for a while like hyping up that oh yeah tom hardy's definitely gonna fight tom holland at some point so i honestly think that they're gonna do the black suit saga where tom's gonna get the black suit Mm -hmm. but there won't be an eddie brock in the mcu that if there's if he's gonna fight an eddie brock it's gonna be tom hardy yeah yeah yeah. i wonder how they'll do that with just the black suit and no eddie brock to like play off of it yeah. Well, I think the the symbiote hive minds is what's going to do it. Like Tom will find out that like where this symbiote came from, and then it'll kind of mm-hmm. like happen that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we should probably move on to the pop the report card soon. But I, what well, I wanted to mention, I, I want to say, and I, Jake knows I hate this. Put the multiverse of madness trailer before the freaking movie and give me a real post credit scene. All right, I, I wanted that. to bring that up. That was I such. Hate that. that was so. <laughs> I think that that teaser was so weird. It was just like, what the hell's going on here? Like, I think it was very what if off the show. What? Like, I think it was like, yeah. you see the things that he's referencing in the, sh- like that are in the teaser. They're also in what if like, you see the tentacles coming around and everything, mm-hmm. but just like, I think it should have been a, a full trailer in the beginning of the movie. I completely agree with that. 
Don't give me, don't give me no BS <laughs> after the movie. I, I don't give me something that. that's actually relevant to the movie. I was saying to Jake, like, if I watch this movie mm-hmm. three years down the road, I don't really want to watch the trailer for a movie I, I've already seen at that point. Like, yeah. give me something that actually means something to the overall right. story of the MCU. I always hated that Captain America put an Avengers trailer at the end. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It was, and, it, was, and, and it was okay. You did it once. Don't do it again. <laughs> So that, it, it made sense for Captain America. That was the first time they ever did a superhero team up movie. So that's like, all right, yeah. people get yeah. hyped for this, you know. I get but, it. And like I, we've seen these characters before. We've seen Doctor Strange. We've seen Scarlet Witch. Like we've seen all them already. We don't need to see them again in the teaser. Put it in a full trailer before the movie and give me a better second end credit scene. They yeah. should at least, if they wanted to do it, which MCO movies do this a lot, is at least give us a scene from Multiverse of Madness. Right. Like, like what they did yeah. with Civil War, what they did with Civil War, like uh, mm-hmm. well, they put the Civil War clip in after Ant Man. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. I know a guy scene. I think that was perfect. Yep, definitely agree. But I still thought it was a cool trailer. But I it agree. was a good trailer. It was that's tough. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I regardless it cool. of the quality, it could have been the best trailer I've ever seen. I still would have hated that it was a post-credit <laughs> 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 I, I, I was just I don't know. I think I missed the mark, but whatever. Um. Last point I want to make before we discuss the report card is can we talk about the fits? Because the last suit is fire. I, agree. I love it. Inspired by suit. Toby and yeah, the new yeah. one that he yeah, made. Yeah, in the yeah. Inspired by Toby and Andrew, that swinging scene was so cool. I mean, like. And it was like that classic yeah. light blue. Like it wasn't the dark lit, the other two, it was like that light blue. I think that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've, 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 I like the, the Spider Man MCU suit, but it's very MCU. I think this was like. I love that. It was so. I was like, ooh. Um, Marvel Phase Four has been doing well. Or is this Phase Five or Phase Four? This is Phase Four. Phase right? Four. Four. Um, yeah. I should know this, but um, <laughs> doing well. Doing well with the fits is all I'll say. Yeah. Lots of lots of great fits in Phase Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially the turtleneck on Vision, but oh. beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, there's one thing that you just mentioned that uh, was in that last scene when he put on his suit. You said that you, I think Jake said it, you said you wanted to see Spider-Man doing more like street crime stuff. You hear him listen to the police scanner in the end. So I Love think that. that's Love when that. like, you know, it'll, it'll be more like that. Mm-hmm. I've always said, why are you taking Spider-Man out of New York in every movie? And right. now it makes <laughs> sense because they're yeah. going to do tons of movies in New York anyway. Yeah. 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 So I'm Should- good with it. Should have had what I would have liked to see one scene of all three Spider-Man swinging in the buildings of like the skyline and stuff rather yeah. than just the Statue of Liberty. But I'm being nitpicky here. Yeah. Oh my god, them swinging down from the Statue of Liberty all together. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this, and another, I know we want to get to report card. One last thing: the scene when uh, MJ brings the two Spider-Men to Peter Parker on the roof of the school. I think it was a huge nod to Spider-Verse. When like they're like in the shadows, like with the moon behind them, like when mm. he first in Spider Verse, when Miles first meets everyone, they're all like hidden up on the ceiling or somewhere high, and you just see shadows. So I thought that was like super cool when they come down from there. Yeah, could you imagine they did like a background Spider Verse thing on both on like Toby and Andrew, <laughs> yeah. like when they do like that? Here's here's my yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would uh, be cool. Story. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, report card time. So. Yeah. For those of you not familiar with the Popcorn Heist Report Card, uh, pretty much when we write movies, we break it down by six categories, and then we kind of do a little Excel formula, and it adds it up to uh, give us a score out of 100%. So Jake, Kevin, and I will each give our scores for each of these categories, and then we'll kind of add it all up at the end. And the categories are pacing, visuals, acting, music, story, and heart. So we will give um, our scores out of 10 
we can do point whatever, whatever point whatever, and then um, yeah. So let's get to it, um, Jake. Or let's start with Kevin, the guest. <laughs> uh, what is your score for pacing and and a little reasoning why, if, if you will? Um, pacing. I'm gonna give it like an eight point three. Very random, but it's just like it wasn't quite like close to a nine as I want it to be. I think we said before the beginning was very choppy. It was like they didn't really explain the whole trial scene and everything. Come to Doc Ock scene, it was kind of very like, oh, I get it now. You know, I think that was fine. Um, I would have liked a bigger lizard entrance. I mean, we said it earlier that he was such a big villain in the Amazing Spider Man. I think, you know, we just seen him in a cage. You don't really see anything else. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give eight point three for pacing. Jake, over to you. Um, I'm gonna be a little bit more generous than Kevin. I'm gonna give it a nine. Uh, really, my only problem with it was, like we said, uh, the beginning was a little choppy. But it wasn't something that normally pacing issues take me out of the movie. It didn't take me out of the movie at all. I was like, this is very like. It felt very much like Homecoming and Far From Home when they'd have these like montages and like high school moments and stuff where it kind of like upbeat like chopping back and forth going to like college admissions and stuff um so it didn't really take me out of the movie and i was glued to the screen the entire time and it wasn't like at all oh right how long is this movie you know yeah i'll, I'll give it a nine i'll give it a 9.2 um i agree with you jake i i do think the beginning was was too was a little bit too choppy but to fit in that much like that many different things and and to really hit on all of the villains as, as well as they did. Um, I think that was a hard task. So I'll, I'll give it an A minus, not 9.2. Okay. okay. Make me look like the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Next is visuals. I go. Um, yep, I'm going to give, I'm going to give nine to visuals. I mean, the only complaint I have about the visuals is lizard, which we hit on before, you know, it didn't look great. It looked like a dinosaur and they kept referencing that in the movie. Um, I, so I'm going to give it a nine. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an 8.7. Um, lizard definitely is not, was not very good. Um, and like I said, that, that weird thing that MCU movies is doing now, but maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just screwed up in the head and I like, <laughs> need to get my eyes checked or something, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. The CGI was a little iffy in certain places, but it's nothing that was really like, wow, that's bad, you know? But but I definitely definitely got to dock, dock it a little bit. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a... I'll, I'll agree with Kevin. I'll give it a nine. Um, I think I was pissed that Sandman stayed sand the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah. And yeah, I think, I think some of the CGI might have been questionable, but I don't know. I saw it at a drive-in movie theater, so it's hard for me to really, like, nitpick the visuals all that much um so i'll give it a nine <laughs> next is acting mr kevin 9.5 i mean i felt everyone's like the only reason i didn't give it a perfect 10 and i didn't say this earlier there's one character who gets on my skin a little bit too much and it's ned like he always acts like the goofball and like great like every every story needs it i was just like what were we saying before like his just character alone just doesn't do it for me. So I give it a 9.5. Everyone, I mean, it was just perfect. Everyone was perfect in it. Uh, I'm going to go 
just because. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin, making you out the bad guy. I, I, I mean, you got Willem Dafoe. We got yeah. Melina, Jamie Foxx. Uh, even even though we were saying the whole time, Thomas Hayden Church, do love him. And Zendaya and Tom Holland were pristine in this movie. Um, same same for Toby and Andrew. I mean, like, Andrew's got some acting. He's got some real acting chops. I think he's, he's a little bit of a better actor than Toby, but still Toby felt like he did in his movies. So mm-hmm. I, I was satisfied. I don't know. I, I was definitely very happy with everything. Jake, you took the score right out of my mouth. <laughs> I, I think it deserves a, not, a 9.8 also. Um, <laughs> again, I think it was so easy for actors to phone it in. And honestly, I think we might have gotten the best Spider-Man performance from Toby and Andrew yet. I think they were the best in this movie, better than they, even though they didn't get that much screen time. They were great in every scene they were in in this movie. They were, oh, yeah. they were perfect. Willem Dafoe was amazing. Alfred Molina was great. Tom Holland, I think best performance yet too. Yeah. Um, oh, and you, you felt 100%. like Zendaya, you, I feel like this was definitely her, her best movie in the MCU so far. Yeah. And you felt that chemistry there. So I don't know. I, I think the acting was spectacular in this movie. Uh, one of its best elements. No one, nobody phoned it in. Except for some yeah. reason, Lizard's accent did not sound the same. Like I know it was the same actor, yeah. but it was weird. I it was did. like oh. more like it was like it sounded like it like marbles in it. I should have done the quote of the episode in a British accent. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, next is music. Kevin. Um, I'm gonna give a low score probably compared to you two. I'm gonna give it an eight point five. Um, I think that there was always a good sound, a good song in the other two Spider-Man movies and homecoming. There was a good song. Like it was always like something you remembered what it was, especially going into the credits. And I feel like there was no, like there were definitely like emotional, like music playing, like the background music and everything. It was very emotional. You felt it, but I felt like soundtrack wise, there wasn't anything really there. that I'm going to be like, Oh yes. I, this reminds me of, you know, no way home now. So I'm going to give it 8.5. So if I were to be a really angry, picky music nerd right now, I would say that I'm disappointed that they didn't put in the song when Tobey Maguire dances in Spider-Man 3 and was waiting for that James Brown song to play at some point. And also just for the pure – so the the orchestral score by Michael Giacchino was beautiful, really well done. But as a music nerd and considering Spider-Man 2 is probably one of my favorite movie scores of all time, like there's one – song in the final battle where they combine andrew's theme from amazing spider-man one um toby's like part of toby's theme and tom's theme but i was waiting for that moment where they gave us the full toby's theme you know in the beginning when it has the Mm -hmm. strings and it builds up and it has a main theme i I, i'm not going to sing it right now because it'll be awkward uh and (laughs) from amazing spider-man 2 when uh the opening scene when andrew's falling from the sky and it's like the trumpet fanfare yeah two of the most iconic Mm-hmm. superhero themes ever was waiting for them to really go in on that but i don't want to be too much of a nitpicky nerd um i'm gonna give it an 8.9 it's still making me look at the low score yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you on the 8.5 kevin um okay. i do i think that I didn't notice the music that much. And I feel like I should have, like there should have been a moment where it was like, like, and you were like, like, and maybe they didn't mix them a little bit. And and maybe I just have to see it again, but it wasn't something that I was like, Oh my God, let me go on Spotify right after this movie and add this right now. So I, I don't think that it quite like was the best out of any 
movie or superhero movie I've seen, but it didn't like, obviously there was nothing negative about it to say. It was right. just like, I think that could have went in a little bit harder. Yeah. Bring me down to an 8.7. You're, I should go harder on my music thoughts. I don't know. Um, we could change. Like, I want to yeah. change my scores in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now. We already moved past that. <laughs> um, next is story. I'm going to give this a 10. Like, there's no... It was, Ooh, it was, it was, it, wow. I think, I think the story... Like, I... There was not one point I was like, what are they talking about? I think that I understood the entire storyline while also remembering the past Spider-Man movies. And I was like, this is like so good. Like there wasn't one time I was like, I'm trying to like keep up with the storyline, but I'm trying to also piece this together with another Spider-Man movie. I think 10, perfect 10. <laughs> um, I will dock it down minorly a couple points just because of like the, that they sideline like lizard and Sandman and maybe, you know, I don't know. I, 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 it's almost perfect, but not completely perfect. I'll give it a 9.8. Okay, I will probably give it the lowest score of the three of us, but still not very low. Um, I'll give it a 9.7. I think that some of the multiverse stuff, as we spoke about before, so I won't go too into detail, like some of the multiverse stuff just took me out of the ultimate goal of things and like wasn't super nailed, but ultimately like the other things that they did were so amazing. I'll give it a 9.7. Nick, how could you go so much lower than us? Outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final category is heart. All right. I have a question. When you say heart, you mean like your connection to the like characters? like this movie? Like yeah, like the movie has heart. Like if a movie has heart, it's like it's like they put they they understood the characters. They put heart okay. into the movie. Like yes. you know when you watch a movie, you get that that yeah. feeling. Right. Like that, nine point yeah. eight. Nine point eight on this. Um, because it had feeling of nostalgia for both Spider-Man that I grew up with. You know, like I was, I was eight years old when Tobey Maguire first came on screen. Like I was like, that's literally a lifetime ago. Then I had, I was in high school when, and when Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man, I think that I had that sense of nostalgia while also watching, you know, Tom Holland, who's one of my favorite Spider-Man probably is my favorite Spider-Man. Um, but like it was just like I what I said before for the story score, it was like I felt everything. Like I didn't like it wasn't like I was like disconnected from one character or the other. I think that they put a lot of effort into all the characters into the storyline. I think it was perfect. Uh, a nine point eight. Uh I'm giving this a ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this is like <laughs> Fan, like i said fan service done right every they left no stone unturned people who are toby and andrew fans will be absolutely satisfied people who were tom fans or maybe not even tom fans are by far going to be a tom fan after they see this movie mm-hmm. this movie did well for spider-man i never like to give tens but i'll give this a 10 too i think that all of the like things that i did all of the things i didn't like they didn't take away from the heart like no, no, no one phoned it in. The writing was great. They it ended up being an origin story for Tom. Uh, you really feel like he got his emotional arc from this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's really going to drive his character moving forward. Toby and Andrew clearly happy to be playing their characters again and putting everything they had into it. And all the villains too. It just, I don't know. It had a lot of heart. It made you feel, it made you shake the whole time. Like it was crazy. Change me to a 10. I'm going to change my to a 10. <laughs> oh, three tens. Oh my God. A first ever in Popcorn Heist history. Oh my God. Wow, I'm honored to be part of it. 
<laughs> All right. So the ultimate score is uh, 93%. Okay. That's fair. Okay. I feel like it's That's a little good. low. Because I, I put an A, B, C, 3 for pacing. <laughs> it's like I, I go first, so it's like, oh, I'm going to get the really low score. And then you two are like, no, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Um, no, I feel like that's definitely fair. If you factor yeah. in, like, it, it was amazing, and like we said, you're amazing. You're amazing. There were those little issues that you do have to dock it a little bit for. Yeah. You know, I agree. And 100%. I will say, like, as much as it, this movie is amazing, we've said it's amazing. Come on, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I I do want to play devil's advocate and say if you take off the nostalgia goggles. I wish like it's hard not to think about if how great how much better this movie might have been if they would have waited to like the end of Tom's next trilogy to do Spider-Verse with Toby and Andrew build it up hints that this is coming like you know Endgame was so great because it took 11 years and not to say that it might have been better or worse but just something food for thought mm. like what if they would have waited as long as Endgame waited and built I do like that the other Spider-Man helped him become Spider-Man now it, it, That's I, true it just pops into my head. It, it it would have been interesting to see like it flipped, like because we know the next movie is going to be him trying to get people to remember him, right? Like mm-hmm. it almost was like me, like if this movie was like he went to Doctor Strange, I want people to forget who I am. Done happened, and then the entire movie he's like regrets that decision and like tries to work with Doctor Strange, make convince him of what happened, and then leave it that the multiverse opens at the end of this movie. And then in the next trilogy, it starts off, bring back Andrew Garfield, bring back Tobey Maguire. You know, just a thought. It would have been cool to see. Yeah. To me, going into the movie, it felt like, okay, we're doing the Spider-Verse. Like, this is what's happening. And I kind of was like, how is this going to serve the overall story? But I think that it really served. It ended up serving the overall story really well. So I think that kind of, like, wipes the slate clean for me. Um, Even though it did feel, like, a little bit out of nowhere. Um, I loved it. <laughs> I can't wait to see it again. I definitely have to because just so much stuff happened that I and uh, Popcorn Heist has kind of ruined me a little bit <laughs> as a movie watcher because I have to watch things twice in order to form like like a complete understanding of what I watched. Right. You know, I feel like every time I go see a movie now, I have to stop myself from over like analyzing. But mm-hmm. this movie, I really just was a fan the entire time. Like I said. I never yell out in the middle of theaters, but when right. Daredevil came on screen, when they all jumped together, the three Spider-Man off the Statue of Liberty, I like screamed in the theater. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. me clapping in the movie theater. I was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> we have to add this to our MCU list, Jake. We do, and that's going to be tough, but... What's the MCU list? A listing of the best MCU movies. Uh, Ranking. I, I, yeah. I, for me, it's, it's top three. Top three for me. I would say, and I, me and Jake talked about this, top, top five. Top five. I put yeah. it with I put it with uh, Winter Soldier and, and and Endgame. Yeah, I I, I was the gonna order, say I don't know, right? But like the top three, I think my t- the top five, and I'm sure Jake will echo this because we've discussed this many times and debated about it online at Disney and <laughs> in car rides. Um, Endgame, Winter Soldier, Guardians, uh, Ragnarok, and this are the top five. Not in that order. But yeah, it's hard. I I think that this would probably probably be fifth for me. After all those other four, okay. 
I think I have the same top five. I don't know the order though. I would have to re- I have to reconsider my order after. Everyone's comparing this to Endgame. Is it better than Endgame? Answer I right would, now. No, Endgame's better. Endgame, uh, no. yeah. Endgame's end, better. <laughs> Endgame because Endgame had twenty movies going into it. You know, like this is this was five movies. Do you think no two four seven movies because you had the total of three total movies, two Andrews and two Toms, but I think. Endgame had you know so much more going into it. Yeah, I also think like right now we're in the thick of we just saw this, so everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is the best movie ever!" Yeah, um, yeah. and over time you'll see if that holds up. Where the same thing happened with Endgame, and over the years, like I've watched Endgame so many times since then, just because it really holds up for me over the years. Yeah, and yeah. I just grew, my appreciation for it grows and grows over time. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping the same happens for this movie, but. Um, after this initial watch, I think I'm like. I, I think it's nostalgia. I think it's. I think it's the nostalgia effect too that you know influences people to put it so high. It's like, like I said, I grew up with, with Tobey Maguire being my Spider Man basically, you know, and like Same. then they yeah. added then they added Andrew Garfield, and I was in high school, and now you know I'm pushing thirty, and now it's Tom Holland. It's like <laughs> it's like you know I think it was the that nostalgia is what makes it so good for me. Definitely, I have one so, more question. Boy. What is what is the first MCU movie? I was just gonna ask you that. <laughs> is is uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man one one of the in the timeline now? Oh. Is it the first MCU movie? Well, uh, Captain America: First Avenger. Or, or no, no, I mean like like first released. Like if you were like watch the MCU in release order to someone. Oh well. What would you I, watch I, first? It was, I think it it's required. It would be the Rami Spider Man one. I guess so. I, I think it's required viewing for No Way Home, for sure. Oh, 100%, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. If, if someone's never seen any of them, I don't my, know if I tell them to start with Tobey My Maguire youngest brother, Spider-Man. Johnny, has never seen Amazing Spider-Man, either Amazing Spider-Man or any of the three. Uh, what? I, I found that really? at the movie. And I was like, do you what? know? I looked at him like, do you know who these people are? He's like, I know they're old Spider-Man. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, oh, on. my God. He's, like, in high school. I know. That's I know. unacceptable. And, like, like we, were, we were home the other night, last night, and I was like, you want to go watch Spider-Man 1? He's like, no. I was like, oh, come on. Damn. Wait, you can't appreciate anything. Did he even like this movie? Yeah, he loved it because he likes Tom Holland. Tom Holland is his... But what about Green Goblin and Doc Ock? Like, well, we, oh went, we, went in, we went in and I told him, like, these are who's going to be in the movie. You know, they're, they're oh bad God. guys. I, I've watched all it, within the last month. I've watched all of the Tobey Maguire I'm, and I'm all wa- the Andrew Garfield. I'm watching the movies. second Tobey Maguire. Like as soon as we hang up, I'm gonna go rent okay. it. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, it. I'm, well, I'm gonna touch Johnny right after we hang up <laughs> and say we have to have a conversation. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, that needs that needs to be fixed right away. Yeah, I feel like a failure as a brother and like a, a Spider-Man fan. Like you have to watch these movies and no, <laughs> like all right, fine. All right, well, Kevin, it was great having you on, man. Thanks for this having is, me, guys. I had a great time. Yeah, this is a great review. The highest reviewed movie from the report card so far, I think. This is true. Wow. Deserved. Again, honored to be part of it. Not <laughs> Jungle Cruise? Not oh. No, man. I, I, <laughs> who would who have thunk? Yeah, who would have right. thought this would be Jungle Cruise? <laughs> Fun fact, I fell asleep during Jungle Cruise. <laughs> uh, but anyway... Uh, we release episodes on Thursdays. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, one quick announcement before we hop off is that we are we're on TikTok now. You know, popcorn heist is on TikTok. Follow us on TikTok. I hate follow TikTok. us on TikTok. Us. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, join the heist. Join the heist. See you guys later.
Thank you.